risk of violence in America, Uvalde, Texas, Robb Elementary School, joins Parkland and Sandy Hook in America's long list of horrific school shootings. We'll look at the timeline of events that day and a plan of action to stop the madness with former SWAT officer Kevin Davis, and then attorney, professor, and candidate for Lieutenant Governor of Maryland, Jordana Schifanelli joins us. She explains America has lost its mind. Uh, she'll talk about our kids and also the Supreme Court ruling on abortion forthcoming. Places of good are the most effective target of evil, says Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez. His newest essay entitled, Darkness Visible When Evil is Unsuspected. It's all next on Viewpoint This Sunday. the bias, the lies, and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Allout here. Well, this marks the 27th school shooting this year alone, in 2022, that is. In addition to the deaths reported in Uvalde, 25 people have been killed in school shootings since January. Surely it's becoming an epidemic in the United States of America. You know, and I've been thinking coming into this program today with you, my fellow Americans, is that, you know, we've done a lot of things, uh, we the people I'm speaking about. Why can't we take some steps to safeguard our most precious, our children? I mean, why can't we? This thing is now, uh, it, it has spilled over now in society. And, you know, it, it becomes the copycat syndrome and people copy others. And then all the feelings are out the door. And these, you, you, and a lot of rational people think, how do people do these kinds of things? It, it is quite a quandary, isn't it? Uh, then you get into the psychological aspect of all of this. Uh, we surely will touch on this today in Uvalde, uh, a powerful program ahead here. And I want to start it off with Kevin Davis joins us. He's a retired police officer, a trainer and uh, expert on police tactics with 39 years law enforcement experience. Uh, Kevin is a former SWAT team leader for a large metro agency. As an author of a couple of books, I'll tell you about a little bit there. And uh, uh, really terrific, Kevin, to have you join us here on Viewpoint this Sunday. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Malcolm, for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you and get your insight. I mean, this is your career. This is something you understand. You you get into all of the factors around this. And sorry, so this this uh, mass shooting now at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, so we've got 19 children were were murdered uh, and two teachers, in fact, and 17 others were uh, were injured. Uh, uh, still going through those injury stages, of course. Uh, the shooter was shot and killed uh, about 90 minutes after he arrived at the school around 11.30 a.m. I want to get into that timeline uh, with you in just a moment here. Uh, so this, this uh, kid here, uh, he, he turned 18, and on May 16th, uh, Kevin, he purchased two semi-automatic uh, rifles uh, on May 17th and May 20th, and ATF authorities said he also bought 370 
five rounds of ammunition on May 18th. Now, let me just stop there a moment and ask you this. From a professional standpoint, is there anything unusual about that in your mind as an 18-year-old making those purchases and doing that? Is there anything unusual about that? Well, yes, I would say the purchase of two rifles and that amount of ammunition within a short period of time, yes, uh, especially by a, a new gun purchaser. Uh, unfortunately, those types of things, uh, you know, this, this uh, shooter did not come up on the police radar or did not have any priors that were, would preclude him from purchasing those rifles. So he had a lawful right to make the purchase regardless of, uh, you know, the, the number of guns he bought and the amount of ammo. Yeah, and that's it. That That is exactly the starting point I want people to understand. Legally, there was nothing unlawful this kid did up front when he purchased it, right? right? Yeah, there's there's nothing that, uh, at this point in time, no. I mean, there'll be a forensic review of his background in depth. We can be assured of that. But right. at this point, uh, based on what we know, there does not seem to be anything uh in contact with the public authorities like law enforcement or, or right. mental health that would preclude him from purchasing. Them. Which we've seen in other cases where there's a history or there's a, a social media trail or there's other things that didn't exist early, early on that we know of with this, uh, with this kid. Um, but, uh, and again, the people who sold it, they have no reason to be held accountable at this point either. Do they, or do they? No. And matter of fact, I mean, uh, just so the audience realizes this, the majority of guns that are used in crimes on the street don't come from uh, the, the assailant or the suspect purchasing them themselves. It's usually uh, purchased off the street, uh, um, straw purchaser uh, going into a gun store, somebody like a, a girlfriend or a friend that has no record buying the guns for the uh, assailant or they're, they're taken in burglary. So that's the usual way that uh, suspects on the street access firearms. Okay, yeah, and, and there's a lot to it, a lot to what you say there. And, and also, um, you know, this, this misnomer, this, this uh, oddity that we continue to, to fight about left and right and politics in this country, that somehow if we put uh, five more laws on the books or even more serious ones and invade our Second Amendment constitutional rights from our founding, uh, founders, uh, that somehow that would stop all of this, like it would cease to exist, like somehow we would get rid of the evil. Uh, there's this unbelievable misnomer about that, which is completely unintelligent uh, because people don't follow laws that do these things to begin with. And there are multiple ways to create crime. This is one of uh, many, I'm sure. That's that's a point we seem to fight about a lot, but it, it it's a very irrational fight, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and focusing in on the type of firearm, for instance, you know, there are uh, studies out there, in-depth studies of uh, these events over the years. And when you look at them, in the 78% uh, of the assailants use handguns versus 28% uh, who use semi-automatic uh, uh, rifles or carbines. Mm. So when we look at this, and there's, there's reason for that because handguns are more concealable, et cetera. Uh, but you know, as we glorify these things, and, and these these types of weapon systems are glorified in uh, in video games, for instance. Uh, now, there's nothing wrong with uh, uh, you know a somebody that is emotionally healthy, mentally stable, 
from playing video games. That's not the point. The question is, is does the, uh, you know, continued playing of these games where they do use uh, uh, simulated carbines or, or, you know, military grade uh, firearms, uh, you know, it does seem to desensitize the person to violence. And, and as we see in this case, this person was a, uh, a, a diehard player of those types of video games. Mm, interesting. Thank you for that. I didn't know all of that. Let me just clarify one point. It, the 20, 80 percent, you're, you're saying that a 20 percent uh, would um, use long arms. I think you were referencing 80 percent would use the, uh, the regular handgun. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, about, it's about 28 uh, percent for okay. semi-autos and about 80 percent for handguns. That's interesting. Correct. Yeah. At 1133, this uh, 18-year-old uh, kid uh, enters the west side of Robb Elementary School. Um, the door had been propped open by a teacher, they say. From what I've been given here, you may know different. The suspect begins shooting in a room. It was like around 111 or room 112. Uh, he enters adjoining classrooms, gunning down teachers and children. Over 100 rounds were fired. So three police officers enter the same door that he went in, followed by another team of police officers. And the first officers received wounds from the bullets, they say. Uh, none of the officers tried breaking down the door to get into the classroom. Other officers entered the building. Some evacuated people who were inside. Uh, and again, there were as many as 19 officers in the hallway at some point. Now, there's a lot of criticism coming up in the last, well, 48 hours, I'd say, which really blew me away when I started to see some of the facts. Uh, and so you as a you're a SWAT guy, you understand what point of entry means. You understand what's, you know, taking the, the, the uh, uh, you know, this, this guy down. Um, what's your feelings? How was this handled? What do you think? Uh, having, well, I believe, two uh, patrol officers or two officers assigned to the entire district is a little sport. And my opinion is, is that each school should have a, a school resource officer. You know, I worked in the schools before the term school resource officer came into vogue, but, uh, you know, I believe in that. Is but, that, is that resource officer armed or unarmed, please? Well, in some districts, they have security and SROs. SROs are typically certified police officers that are armed. Mm -hmm. uh, but in terms of the police response, I can tell you, we've worked hard and it, you know, you hate to, and I hate to, criticize my profession, but we have to be honest about these things. We're never going to learn from our mistakes if we, we don't uh, uh, look at the, the problems and look at the mistakes we've made. And I, I think law enforcement in Texas, uh, especially the uh, Texas Department of Public Safety is saying, listen, mistakes were made here. And that is waiting. Uh, since Columbine, law enforcement, we started with tactical uh, officers, uh, SWAT team officers responding and training them to respond to school shootings. But then after Columbine, we realized that it took too long. Prior to Columbine, we'd lock these things down, treat them as a barricade and attempt to negotiate. Well, you know, uh, my friend Ron Borsch, uh, uh, out of uh, retired law enforcement officer out of Ohio, calls it the timeline of death. And the longer we give these, these shooters, the more casualties develop. Mm -hmm. So that's why law enforcement went to a, you know, uh, 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 an active uh, an aggressive pursuit of the shooter. And part of that is to get the, the uh, suspect uh, to quit targeting students or, you know, whomever his victims are 
and you know have to deal with law enforcement. And we worked really hard, uh, Malcolm, over the last few years to try to get this training uh, to law okay. enforcement. Okay. So it's, it's somewhat discouraging in this case. My understanding right. is right. at this point, and the fog of war oftentimes brings up, you know, yeah. confusing details. And here we have that case here. But yeah. we will say that the, as of right now, uh, it's my understanding that a commander said, uh, treat it as a barricade, lock it down. And you cannot do that when you have victims who have already shot. Mm, yeah, yeah. Now, Texas Public Safety Director Stephen McGraw, he told reporters that it was the wrong decision to not engage this guy sooner. He said, in hindsight, it was not the right decision. It was a wrong decision. Uh, very. He, there was no excuse for that, he says. This is the, the, what the guy is saying. I wasn't there, but I'm just telling you from what we know and the evidence that we believe there should have been an entry as soon as they can, he says. He said the, and there was one other point here. The, he said that the on-scene commander at the time believed that it had transitioned from an active shooter to a barricaded subject. And of course, you being a SWAT guy, you know what that means. If by going in, we could have possibly saved those kids from bleeding out. Right. And that's what we understand. We've, we've learned so much, but uh, here again, why this commander uh, made this decision is, is unknown to me. Uh, no, I was not there, but I can tell you what the uh, majority of law enforcement officers are trained to do in this country and what the uh, what our uh, current standards are in terms of yeah. dealing with active shooters. You know, I was going to ask you if you were in that team or situation, what would you do? And then as I was going to ask that earlier, I thought, Kevin, well, it really doesn't matter because it's whatever that single commander would say, whatever he put forth is what you would be doing unless you are the commander then. Uh, so if you were the commander real briefly here, so I got a couple of the big points for Tom here, but if you were the commander, would you have uh, straight out, would you have played this differently? Yes, as the commander, but I want to say that we've tried to approach these events that they're not the decisions to make contact and neutralize the shooter are not command based. Every officer has the right to save lives and to put down a shooter. And uh, if we wait on command decisions and wait for commanders to arrive on scene, oftentimes it's too late. That's it. Okay. All right. We protect a lot of things in society. We don't seem to be willing to protect our kids. It's a very big oddity. First of all, I recommend all parents not send their children back to school uh, this fall. That's if, if I had kids that my, 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 older, my youngest is just graduating from high school, in fact, this year right now. Uh, so, but if I had young children, I would suggest all parents not send your children across the board from C to C, do not send your children to school this fall. The action plan to me must be every school, we need to have an armed officer at every school. Uh, target hardening, protective glass, et cetera. In the case of Sandy Hook, where he blows the glass out, we've got to have protective measures. We've got to harden, harden the schools. No question about it. And the feds, I recommend the feds give all 50 states the money that they get from U.S. taxpayers, and they stay the hell out of the way. Tenth uh, Amendment here, we don't need their interference in the way we uh, run our education and our schools. The states need to implement that. But I think that these are things that should be non-negotiable. They should not be negotiable anymore. 
And if we can stop some of these based on these recommendations here, I think, uh, and I do think we can, what is your professional opinion about these steps I put out there? Could they make a difference? Well, uh, certainly uh, uh, some of, one would describe uh, some of your things as hardcore, but I don't, I, I think the, uh, the time is now to do something and, and uh, drastic uh, m- uh, measures are called for. So I don't disagree. I, w- I would simply put it this way is look at the way that courthouses are secured. You have to exactly. go into one entrance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is manned by armed deputies normally who work for the county. You have to go through a metal detector before you go in. And you know why that is? You, you, do you know what? Let me interrupt. Kevin. You know why that is? Because they don't want somebody to go in and shoot the judge or shoot the attorney. Oh, and the judges have been the ones who have yeah. pushed for increased yeah. security. Yeah, but it's okay to shoot the kids down the boulevard, Kevin, but don't go in and shoot the judge or the attorney. No, that's exactly right. Even police stations, Malcolm, yeah. are, are, are frequently secured the same way. Yeah. Uh, access is, uh, is controlled. Yeah. Metal detectors are at access points. There's armed officers working the front desk, et cetera. And because we have had uh, police department shootings as well as there has been courthouse shootings. Yeah. But the response has been uh, to increase security tremendously in those venues, but not in schools. Uh, it's beyond sad. It's angry. And I see the pain in these people, Kevin, and I see what's going on. And I just want to do what I can to help those people. And there's nothing that can help. Their lives are destroyed. They will never be the same again. And this is not a situation when your kids are gunned down and murdered in a school. Time will not heal. Time will not heal. You have just been assaulted to the degree in your life. You will never regain that consciousness again. You agree with that? Oh, I agree with that. I had a call where a two-year-old was assassinated by a 12-year-old with a stolen gun. Yeah. I can still tell you both names of uh, the victim as well yeah. as the shooter, yeah. and that was 30-plus uh, uh, years ago. Wow. Kevin, thank you uh, for joining us here on Viewpoint this Sunday, brother. Well, thank you uh, for the opportunity, Malcolm. This is a tough uh, scenario. This is a tough traumatic event that's going to uh, be years, you know, uh, in terms of its impact. Yeah. And I just hope that law enforcement learns from this. I hope so, I, too. Let me tell listeners as well. Uh, Kevin is the author of two books that are, have just been put into the America Out Loud bookstore. And in fact, you'll see them on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Uh, they're titled Use of Force Investigations and The Citizen's Guide to Armed Defense. We'll take a real quick pause here. Be back with you in just a moment as you're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has. Creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. 
yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Aloud here, yours truly, and as always, thank you, my fellow Americans and to my dear friends around the globe for joining us here and being on the mission. Uh, America Out Loud is a mission. It's a mission of liberty and justice for all. It's a mission to engage people for, 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 for all, for, to, to improve society for all of us. Uh, and as you see up front in the program that we're talking about the shooting, there's a lot more to talk about here, um, as well as this, wow, the Supreme Court decision, you've been following this on the abortion thing. Uh, a lot of people are surprised that uh, that still hasn't come out yet, the, the finale on that. So that's gonna be quite something here. Um, at, a, at a point of our nation, isn't it? Um, let's uh, pick up here now with uh, Jordana Schifanelli joins us here. Jordana Schifanelli, she's an attorney and an adjunct professor of law and economics at the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, and she's been a strong voice in opposing uh, CRT, radicalization of the kids, very protective. Uh, she, but here's what's really cool. She is running for Lieutenant Governor of Maryland with Dan Cox on the ticket there. They're in a, a really interesting race and that's gonna be uh, quite something here with the midterms uh, upon us here. Uh, Jordana, welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday. Good to see you again. Good to hear from you and all your listeners. Thank you for having me. You had put a message out on social media that said, I am shocked. Three simple words. It was this lady, Miss, Miss Angeli Gomez, who um, uh, she, she left work immediately, drove 40 minutes to the school, shooter was still inside, had arguments with police. Uh, supposedly, they, according to the post here, says they were restrained and pepper spray and taste appearance, which I, I can't even wrap my mind around that. If that's accurate, I don't know if it is. Uh, maybe you know. She was handcuffed by federal marshals, arrested for intervening, it says, persuaded a local officer to remove her cuffs. Uh, she went in, got her kids, got out, got them alive. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, some are calling her a hero. What do you make of this? And, and do we know if this information is entirely accurate or not? So I don't have particular uh, knowledge whether, you know, this information is accurate or not. I haven't seen anything debunking it either. But what I can conclude beyond reasonable doubt that America has lost its mind. People <laughs> and those on power have lost their mind. Everything has trickled down to the children from, you know, school shootings every often, so often to, uh, you know, America is number one country on earth with uh, children being diagnosed with ADD and ADHD uh, uh, disorders. We have appears to me lost our mind and priorities. In my particular mind, there's no other priority that tops the, 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 the mountain than, than safety, happiness and, uh, of our children and education yeah. of our children. Our children are not sick. Our children need some adults to uh, get common sense and to, to save them. And that is part of the reason I'm running. I, I have three boys that went through the school system for the last you know, 20 years. Uh, the oldest is 20, the middle guy's 18. I've seen the disaster of our education system, the concept procedural and substantive of how not to educate children 
K through 12. And, and, and we can go, this radio show can go on for days. If I start telling you all the wrong things we're doing when it comes to our kids, but right now back to school shooting, mm-hmm. we, we are throwing a hot potato to each other and blaming guns constantly. Yeah. And to me, this avoids common sense approach. We defunded the police officers. We defunded the SROs. I was in Montgomery County SRO emergency meetings. We, and what, 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 the example of how we lost our mind is that the SROs in the room were registered Democrats and I'm giving them my flyer and I'm telling them, guys, we support you. You got defunded. You lost Mm -hmm. your jobs. You Mm -hmm. can't protect these children. And they're telling me that they can't get my card because they're registered Democrats. And Mm. those are the same people who defunded them. Uh, It's, it's, as I said, many people, in power have lost their mind. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we all are yeah. seeing this on all levels. Well, I, I gotta jump in here. I got all right, so let me sure. let me say this to you here. First of all, I absolutely love you. And I love I I, I wrote it down here as you were talking. Oh no, no, it's a fact. And I already wrote it down as you were talking. I see the headlines now. America has lost its mind. I love it. And and only you, you you cut right to the chase, Jordana out loud, I call you. That's what I'm gonna have to call you moving forward here. <laughs> but it, here's the thing. Time for playing with the left and right politics is done. And what I would say is this. Here's my advice to, to America. Do, parents to parents, do not send your kids to school in the fall time. Do not. If you're a parent and you, without massive change, and here's the change I am suggesting, and I'd like you to speak about it. Um, but And I think this is because if we the people speak up and they don't send the kids to school in the fall time, this will get done. And I put out a plan about this uh, that uh, what I say is um, the action plan must be armed officers at every school. Target hardening, protective glass, like with Sandy Hook, they blow the glass off, that stuff blew it away. No, no, protective glass, harden the schools, absolutely. Uh, Like you say, we protect the courtrooms, we protect the judges, we protect attorneys, we protect Fort Knox. We don't even protect the most important thing in our lives, our children, the most precious thing we could possibly have. Uh, And I would say, uh, I think there should be a one-door policy. You can have multiple doors with exit strategies for fire and that sort of thing, but there needs to be... uh, uh, all these principal points need to be, and the feds need to give the money to all 50 states, and then they need to step out of the way of our 10th Amendment. The schools need to implement all this, not the feds. The feds just need to give the taxpayer back to where it needs to be, the money, and then step the hell out of the way. We don't need your interference. What do you say to all that, Jordana? I mean, back to common sense. Back to common sense. This is not hard. This is not hard. You shut the door, automatic lock all the doors when the kids are in session, when the school's in session. Between the uh, half days and snow days and people coming in and out, you have to have armed officers in, uh, in hallways. We have to have security officers everywhere. And, uh, and the kids, the funniest thing is the kids are not scared from the police. Right. There is this vilification of police officers that as if all of a sudden the kids are scared of police and that is false. So someone is deliberately destroying the fabric of our society and somebody, and and, and I, I hate to say that the ultra left progressives are completely pushing the society off the cliff from open borders, drugs everywhere. We have drugs floating all over, the, the, all over our public schools. Yeah. 
Our kids cannot be soft targets. I mean, we lost our mind and we cannot be playing games anymore. We have to lock the schools and have armed guards and police officers everywhere parading the hallways while the kids are in school, making sure there's no um, bombs, that there are no drugs, that there are no evil people, which we have all over the world, evil people. But somehow those evil people end up in America and going straight to our schools and after our kids. Well, we they end up in happen. America because, as you just stated, there are total open borders now and anybody right. can come in. You've got an invitation to come it's in, terrorist or whatever. It doesn't matter who you are. Just come in and do exactly. harm, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it's it is remarkable, you know, or unremarkable, uh, but it is time for action. Uh, I think the time for talk, cheap talk is well past uh, done here. Uh, and I, I know you agree with that, Jordana. We, we've got to That's take action. Good. It's really kind of, it, you know, the thing people lose sight of, Jordana, you know, we, we wait for our Congress. Congress can't even chew gum and walk and step the hell out of their way or shut the door behind them when they leave the room. They're incapacitated to do anything logical for the American people. And the fight that happens there and our political officials, the local and state and a lot of the uh, politics that have swung a lot of our cities and, and school boards to the left Marxist agenda, which is disengaging in our nation and is tearing our nation Absolutely. apart in the fabric of it. You're exactly right. We see what's happening. And you, of course, with your history, uh, you understand what Marxism is and uh, what uh, communism is because you you were, you know, you have that. History. Yep. You, tell, tell folks where you were born. So I was born in Yugoslavia and the country doesn't exist any longer since 1999. Uh, I was bombed by NATO and the United States at the time of Clinton administration, mm -hmm. who was promoting a globalist progressives agenda even 23 years ago. Mm -hmm. So what America is going through right now, for me, it seems like a deja vu. I've yeah. been there, done that, seen it. Well, hasn't and it been, Georgiana, like a slow creep? It's been a slow creep here, but it's sort of like even really turning up more now, same. isn't it? Yeah. No, it was the same. So yeah. after communist Tito died in 1980, mm -hmm. at that time, people of Yugoslavia started gossiping that Yugoslavia is going to fall apart. We're going to have civil war. So from 1980 through 1990, there was a 10 years of slow disintegration of the society. And then 1990 through 1999, we ended up with 10 years of civil war, mm -hmm. hyperinflation of 313 million percent per year. This is unimaginable. Yeah. And and I've lived the entire time through these slow disintegrations of society. So for me to be in America and watch this happen to our right. nation, right. it's it's PTSD. I mean, yeah, it's, it is PTSD. It yes, is PTSD. You are such a great voice for these. I'll tell you, you you're, you come to my mind all the time, uh, really sincerely, when we're talking about these kinds of stories. Well, it's the truth. Because you speak so passionately, but you have the history, you understand the pitfalls, and you and you can you're you're a great uh, voice for people to hear because it, this you know it's common sense, but it really isn't common sense to a lot of people. Uh, we're, we're really headed on a wrong road here. I want to turn the table just a little bit here now and talk to you about this is a, a massive story here, and you know we talk about where our society is right now and other potential uprisings, uh, Jordana, and this could happen. Uh, back to this leaked draft. Uh, document here with the Supreme Court in Roe v. Wade. Uh, you know, I mean, unbelievable here what we're talking about. It's never happened in the history of the court. The document is leaked. Now we've seen all the fallout. What's surprising, you know, uh, two weeks ago, uh, Sidney Powell, uh, who's also an attorney as yourself, uh, in a strong voice, was on the program here. 
And she thought the court was going to, she was pretty sure that in the next day or two after, that was two weeks ago now, she thought the court would announce official this draft to make it public because the damage had already been done and there's no reason to keep it hidden uh, with this. But that still hasn't been done to this point. What do you think the delay is with the court? Are they afraid of the fallout? Is that why they're still holding back? You know, the Supreme Court uh, is one of those premier institutions in, in American society. It was established at the time of when our nation was established as a separate and independent branch of government, uh, separate from legislative and separate from executive branch. To target the Supreme Court, to promote packing of the court, to leak documents and drafts that the lawyers spent countless hours working on. I'm an attorney and I you know, your listeners uh, cannot even imagine the amount of time I spend researching issues for my clients when I go to represent them in court. To destroy the sanctity of our Supreme Court, to me, is an ultimate blow to everything our framers have established, fought for, died for from the Revolutionary War on until today. It is despicable. So the reason the Supreme Court is holding off or or maybe uh, it, it could be various reasons. They may be read proofing again. Maybe they might decide not to publish decision at all and dismiss the entire thing. What did that be? Interesting? And dismiss the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, they can yeah. do uh, they can, they were they spent hours researching. They going back to yeah. make the best decision that. Georgiana, well, hold on now. Let me interrupt. Do you think some of those justices could potentially change based on the fallout up front of Roe v. Wade and with the unrest they know that would be forthcoming in the country? Do you think some of them that could swing their uh, this tough question? But could some of them swing their final decision? Well, they could. On, yeah, sure. Based on I mean, the decision mm -hmm. and the fun, you know for your listeners, this has nothing to do with abortion. This has to do with the jurisdiction to decide yeah. what laws govern, uh, what laws are federal laws and what laws are yeah. uh, sent and reserved. You're talking about our 10th Amendment, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So the abortion is not mentioned in our Article 1, Section 8. Wow. And Congress has only enumerated powers to make laws. Yeah. So the Supreme Court cannot dis instruct Congress to make abortion laws because it's not what Congress. So yeah, so they're not do. saying, as the media is out of context, they're they're not saying you can't get an abortion or you can get one, right? No, right. right that now? has yeah. nothing to do with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this this draft, yeah, as I yeah. read very carefully through, has yeah. nothing to do wow. with Roe v. Wade. It has to do with Roe v. Wade being decided by the judges as opposed to state legislatures. Yeah. For an example, for Marylanders. This decision is completely relevant because Maryland legislature, regardless of this draft of the league, made such a, a, a liberal abortion laws that it is more liberal than Roe v. Wade. And for Marylanders, it has no impact on, on, on six million people that live in Maryland. It's such a liberal state. Other states maybe, I don't know, Texas or Louisiana, they may right. have their different laws. Right, right, right. The people are free to, to, to go and move from state to state. Yeah. This has nothing yeah. to do with abortion. It this is a big point. It's a big point what you're speaking about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. So Roe and Wade yeah. were decided by the court, but there is no law. No. Is, and the courts don't make laws. Yeah. Legislatures make laws. So all this draft was saying, mm. make a law. Just make a law. And you live in your state, you yeah. vote for your local representatives, 
So do whatever. If you See, that's the beauty of America. What you're, it's what the you're, beauty of America. yeah, what you just put out is so perfect, Jordan. It's so perfect. It's the beauty of our nation. We are 50 individual, really, countries, 50 right. individual entities that make up the United States of America. Right. Our framers knew that's how they positioned it. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. But today's society is getting lost on that. And the power brokers in Washington want to put the power right in DC, uh, and that which will really destroy our country. And it's already doing that. Jordana, that's the problem. Absolutely. So we're and in the struggle. The yeah, we're in the fight. We're in a fight here. Um, Jordana, what is your website, please? So people, because I know people, I can hear my listeners, they want to know so much more about you. What is the website to get to you, please? It is restorefreedoms with an S.com. So restorefreedoms with an S.com. Okay, restorefreedoms.com. If everybody can uh, donate $10, we would solve this race. We are underfunded, grassroots, but we are okay. fighting like lions against all right. Trump. We got to help leftists. you. We got to help you. Up, up next here, we've got uh, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez, one of the most interesting people. I love this guy having him on. He's a professor out of Miami Shores, Florida. Very interesting gentleman. Uh, one of the most interesting writers. I got a lot to tell you about him in just a moment here. And uh, and a lot happening back at America Out Loud, to be sure. Uh, so listen, I want you to get back over there, help share all the information out there. We're in the fight, the pursuit of liberty and justice for all is what we are. And just take a look at the expertise and the experts we have on the platform. Uh, it is second to none, friends, second to none here. I also want to bring real quickly here our strategic partnership with the Genesis Fogger into play here, I want to tell you about. Uh, with all this stuff, now you see this monkeypox business and God knows what else they the globalists have that they're going to throw us. And I'm sure Jordana's in the back laughing at me right now when I bring that up because she's, she's the craziness running out there of all of these things. And um, But the Genesis Fogger uses HOCL. HOCL kills any pathogen people. Doesn't matter. SARS-CoV-2, uh, superbugs, viruses, influenzas, you name it. Uh, and the HOCL goes into the fogger and it's amazing. Even mold and problems like that into the room. There's a very fascinating ebook this company has. You can click the banner at back at americaoutloud.com. And it's a free ebook, like everything with America Out Loud. There are no strings attached to anything. Go get the ebook and study HOCL for yourself. This product is uh, remarkable. Every time I keep seeing it and find dive more into it, I love the ebook, by the way. And then if you if you want to take a look at the fogger, it's it's why we talk about it here on the network. It's an amazing product. You get 15% off the fogger using the code out loud if you decide to go that way. It's an amazing product either way. Take a look at it. Get educated on the product of this. Genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. I love these kinds of partnerships so we can have a bring value to life. So check that out as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause and be back with you in just a moment here. You're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. We are the vision of the voices. You can email us at talk at americaoutloud.com. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Are you tired of being tired? Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cells REM Sleep Supplement. These are pill-free supplements in a gel pack. They're so easy to take before you go to bed. I'm so tired during the day now, working so hard, but restless at the same time. I'm going to take a Healthy Cell before sleep tonight so I can restore my REM sleep and wake up refreshed. Now go to HealthyCell.com, use the code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. 
Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. This is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And, uh, thank you for being on the mission with us, friends. Um, listen, big conversations today. And up next, I have uh, really one of my favorites. You know, I, I have a great writers, but this is surely one of my top favorites here. Uh, and, uh, and, and and a very interesting piece he always has out. Because, you know, I, I love pieces. I don't know about you out there, but I, I love story essays that make us think. You know, something that just takes us out of the out of the, the the normal context of society just allows us to think a little bit, you know, about the bigger picture. Uh, I think it's so important, so important. And so we we'll welcome on here now, uh, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez joins us. He is professor of philosophy at Barry University, Miami Shores, Florida. It's been a few months, but uh, it is awesome to have you on the program here. Well, thank you, Malcolm. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, looking forward to to kind of fleshing out some of these 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 interesting, uh, hopefully yeah. interesting talks. Well, let's talk about it. I think what's going to happen now is listeners are going to be so engaged with this conversation that we, we we're only going to fit the tip of this, and we'll have to uh, do a little bigger. But l- let me jump in. I want to talk to you first. A great, great essay. Uh, that um, uh, that is on the platform that you wrote. That's uh, entitled "Darkness Visible." when evil is unsuspected. It just makes you think, just just think about that. And you talk about the places of good are the most effective target of evil. Now, what's interesting about this is that you wrote the piece before the shooting ever happened in Uvalde, Texas. And you, this piece was written just before then. Uh, and yet it got me thinking more and more with this happening. And you say here, uh, always churning the waters of malevolence, uh, evil's first line of attack is the destruction of innocence, creating lives that are consumed by meaningless self-hatred and debilitating anxiety. The latter is the de facto tragedy of the postmodern life. How many people suspect this? Well, I guess that's a great question. I want to start right there. Talk about this target of uh, places of good, because surely the Yavoli classroom would have been one of those. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I, I, the uh, darkness, darkness visible is a line from uh, the Paradise Lost, uh, Milton's Paradise Lost, when he he says, "From your flames, no light, only darkness visible." It's also the the, the used in the uh, book, uh, nineteen seventy nine book, by William Golding, also darkness visible. So the idea of darkness visible, back to back to Milton, is that evil is obviously a preternatural phenomena. It is, it is, it is a force that hides in plain sight. It hides in plain sight. And, and this is its biggest, that's what he calls a big lie. So the big lie is that there is evil and evil is right in your face. And of course, it, it, it's the ultimate joke that the, 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 the Satan or Lucifer plays on us. And so when when I'm thinking what is going on today with this culture, which is a culture of death, it's a culture of basically a bankruptcy, moral, spiritual, 
it's it's a disaster what we've created and it's obviously evil in your face but now we're reducing it if at all if we even believe in it we're reducing it to all this talk about mental illness etc and that has massive contradictions that need to be addressed and and challenged this idea of mental illness and so on we we can hit on that the idea that the, the mental illness is reduced clearly and only as a philosophical materialist society that we are all to brain you know neurotransmitters and all that and from there we have this explosion of psychotropic drugs okay if that's the case by giving people drugs to affect the brain you got yourself a problem because these killers these 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 school um, killers these, these these violent types it's the same person every single time. I don't know how many people in the culture have figured this out. It's the same prototypical type. And you have to figure these guys are on high-level medication or drugs, and it starts when these guys are five, six, seven, eight, nine. That brain is not even halfway ready to, you know, to, to, to have grown. And you're, you're completely affecting those neurotransmitters if we take this reductionist view that it's all about brain. So right there, we got a contradiction. We'll, we'll talk about the other possibilities about mm. evil and mental illness in a minute. Well, you know, interesting. So think about this now. So uh, most people, just like you say, bring it down to the uh, mentally deranged denominator, like everybody is, oh, well, they've had problems, right? And you're saying the big lie. It's a double-edged sword that hides in plain sight, which is always the case, it seems to me, its most powerful cloak is denial that evil exists in the first place. This is a win-win formula for Desians of the demonic. Boy, that is so well said, got me thinking that, boy, is, Lucifer has pulled this off pretty well on society right now, uh, has, hasn't he? Has Absolutely. And, and there, there are some fascinating talks here. This is, this is the, I'm taking an adult view to this. Let, let's take the wager. Let's take Pascal's wager. The idea that if God exists and I believe in God, uh, I, lose, I lose nothing when I die. Fine. Let's take the same attitude with evil. If evil doesn't exist and it does not you know, form my life as a human being, then I die and then that's the end of that. But let's assume that there is a possibility about this force that societies throughout time have been, you know, affected by that. Mm -hmm. So uh, there, there's a lot of argumentation going back and forth, but, but really intelligent people. I'm not talking about these people coming on, talking about this a simple, let the administrative state do away with guns and stuff. You have these massive killings in, in China, for example, with knives. You have that. And you have the same, you know, the same mental incapacity in, in, in there with people and so on. But something we have to remember is that in the United States, we are the number one country that that gives prescriptions for psychotropic drugs. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. And so when you ask the question, well, they're not, they're not doing that anywhere else. Well, no, they're not necessarily. But, but there's still massive anxiety, massive depression, meaninglessness, and they're, they're committing suicide like, like, like people jumping all over you know, buildings and stuff. I mean, think, think about what's going on with, with, with the culture in Japan, a culture that used to be a conservative you know, religious country, it's a disaster. Okay. And the same thing with the Scandinavian countries. And here, just in this country, we, last year we had 107,000 people committing, uh, well, you know, basically overdose with the fentanyl and all that. So the same people that are telling us the state, 
the bureaucracy, that the guns are bad and so on. They're filling these people with these psychotropic drugs. They're filling them with marijuana culture. They're filling them with fentanyl. And what gives? We have meaningless and purposelessness. Mm. I, I, I have to think, if, if, and how does that demonic affect that? So you have to always look at the demonic in, 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 the, in the time and place that you live in. Is the demonic more appropriate for mass movements and mass times like ours? Absolutely. Absolutely. You hit uh, a very big point here in this essay we, we need to flush out here. You talk about since 2008, the free fall we're in, and you pick that particular time. Um, and you say it has not gone unnoticed by politically savvy people that the moral spiritual free fall that the United States is currently undergoing became frantically accelerated after the 2008 presidential election. The United States is currently being ruled, not governed, in what can only be described as a managed decline. The current dismantling of American values is not a case of incompetence or coincidence. Now, I want everybody to think about this a moment here. So you're saying it's so important. The United States is currently being ruled, not governed, in what can only be described as a managed decline. Managed decline. That's interesting. That, that'd be a great headline for an essay in the future here. But then you say the current dismantling of American values is not a case of incompetence and it's not a case of coincidence. And that's when I started to become more aware, Professor Gonzalez, right then. In 08, when I started to rail against the administration that was in power then, which happened to be the Barack Obama administration, but by chance, folks. And that's when I became more politically engaged and went from the corporate boardrooms and realized I had to get my voice out into the public. That, that was the early part of that right then. And I, I was on all the national networks and, and really yelling about that agenda, trying to tell people this is not the right turn for our country. It was a Marxist agenda. That's what you're speaking about here in 08, I think, coming forward. Is that correct? It is correct. And it's a matter of fact, it's a matter of record that when the president at the time, Obama, says we are going to dismantle this country piece by piece. Look it up. He said that it's in the records. What are we supposed to make of that X number of years later? He said we're going to dismantle this country piece by piece. He said that. And one of the things that he also said, him and Holder and the, the, the administration that he was setting up, the, basically a fifth column, without a doubt, he was saying, well, we're going to declare war on the police. They also said that. Look that up. And it's all verified. And now if you're going to be doing that and you have a culture of absolute meaninglessness and psychosis that at a massive scale, you're telling me that you are not you're 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 not declining the country on purpose. By the way, one of the definitions of the managed decline is that it's always getting worse and worse and worse, as opposed to trying A, B, C, and C minus. Let's see. Let's let's take an honest look and say, you know, we did that. That didn't work. Let's do this. No, no. There is no doing anything. It's basically a conditioning. And that's the next point. What we have now is a massive psychosis of conditioning people to accept a decline because we're understanding the people that are doing this understand that we human beings can be conditioned like horses and like dogs we can be trained and this is a philosophical materialist destruction of the human person mm -hmm. but only few people are aware of this they can train human beings to follow a certain line Remember, so now the so-called establishment that they were rallying against in the in the sixties and seventies is precisely the 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 establishment that is saying we want cattle and we have cattle. You 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 want cattle 
to make sure that you can run your agendas. That there, that's not a a, 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 a a governing. That's a ruler. That's what ruling is about, is basically having subjects, not individuals that have, you know, critical thinking. And that seems to be where we're at. I mean, we're, we, we see that. Um, this uh, powerful, powerful message in this piece, uh, my fellow Americans, is a must, must, must read. But it's a kind of piece you'll want to read at least a couple of times because you need to digest it. You, you see what I mean? There are some 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 really major points that, that you'll want to digest and really think about it and step out of that comfort zone that too many people are in to find out that we're in a war right now. We're in a war. Now, that piece is on the front page of America Out Loud. You'll also see it on the left sidebar on the front page under Notables. And it's entitled Darkness Visible When Evil is Unsuspected. Okay. Now, you say here in this piece, Professor Gonzalez, and I want to bring it to a head right now. And I want everybody to think about this because you say, can a shadow government, and we're talking about, you know, you heard him just talk moments ago about this fifth column back to 08 and what had happened and why we're having a lot of troubles and why the Trump administration went through the sort of grief they went through. Think about all that now. You say, can a shadow government that has been placed in power through a color revolution be removed from power through elections? And then you hear the drum roll or you hear the distant sound of, of uh, trumpets in, in, in the backdrop and you end it with, this remains an open question. Boy, that is really what we're talking about now, right with that question and that point you end with, Professor Gonzalez, is we're talking about the future of mankind. That's how relevant that statement is that you were talking about the future of humanity. Are we not? Yes, we are. And we are in, in the, the understanding that certain the, the totalitarian impulse uh, is something that philosophical materialism and, and, and you, you could say communism, socialism and just the administrative state has picked up on. And they pick up on on this because there is a, an understanding that we are at a humanity is at a very low existential, philosophical, metaphysical, religious moment. People can really be used and be taken, you know, to task right now. I mean, if you look at the statistics of people who are religious in the world, it's, it's, it's basically dwindled. The people that are getting married, the numbers of babies being born throughout the world. And, and so what happens is there is a fantastic moment to de, 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 deconstruct human beings as in the sense of destroying democracies. They, they, these people are not hiding. These people have taken off their masks. This, this idea of liberalism basically is basically saying we are a Bolshevik system and we do not want democracy. Why? Because democracy abuses the, the, the so-called minorities, etc. And so what we need is a managed decline of the people that are so-called democratic, that have enjoyed democracy for too long. And now we're just going to basically collapse the whole house. This is that old adage about, you know, taking out your eye to make sure your enemy goes blind. And, and we're seeing it. And, and so... The key is the existential, and I mean the desire for human beings to understand their own existence. The, that desire is completely dwindled. It's, there is no self-reflection going on. There's no reading books. There's no people, or I should say people don't sit around and reflect like they used to. These, these killers, these, these, these 
these guys are shooting up and, and, and so on. These guys are on porn. They're playing video games all day. They've been given all this medication since they were little kids. They have no fathers. Nobody is teaching them anything. And now the powers that are the, the administrative state in some dark way recognizes that that is a force that they're going to use as a crisis mode for them to take in this, this idea of the, 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 the demise of this country. Remember, this is the great flower of, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the critical impulse for, for totalitarianism. You take this country down and you have yourself the one world uh, order that internationalism has always wanted. Mm. And uh, what you hear right there, uh, my fellow Americans, explains a great deal uh, when you hear uh, Dr. Gonzalez talks about the deconstruction of human beings, uh, the unrest and the, the unmaking of society right now, the moment, it, it really does hang in the balance, um, it, which is, I just find this so interesting uh, where we sit right now. It's a very interesting time to be alive right now. When you think historically back through many of the hot moments of society and our country, the making of our, of our great nation, or, or, and I, you know, I say that and I almost have to say the making of our once great nation. Uh, 246 years we're now coming in to celebrate here. Uh, 250 year mark will be a landmark, but I don't think we will recognize the country at all. A tremendous thank you here, as always, to Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez. I will invite him on the voice of a nation. I promise you, friends, I will. So we'll have a bigger conversation. I really need to have that with him. He has a new book out, by the way, a philosophical perspective on cinema that is in the America Out Loud bookstore. We will have links on that as well as brand new. We talked to him ahead on that as well. Um, this conversation should give you something to think about and something to rally around, uh, potentially your soul. And, you know, you think about where we're at now and listen, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a challenge. But it also can be an opportunity for those of us who want to see the world that we want to turn it to be, to be in a glass half full again. Um, and that's really where we sit right now, what we have to do for future generations. That's it's funny. That was our mantra back at America Out Loud. Uh, we still have it at the very top. If you go to AmericaOutloud.com, right at the very top, you know, besides celebrating six incredible years of fighting to restore liberty and justice to our beloved America, here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. That was the mission of this platform from day one. It was when we launched this thing. It is what it is today, my friends. I feel it in my soul. I feel it in every piece of my DNA, what the purpose of this mission is. It's time, my fellow Americans, to get involved and get loud, America.